0: In today's episode, I'll be interviewing Shaynur Primji of 2B Hypnosis. I met her online. She's fabulous. I really have enjoyed her. Uh, And, you know, just listen to the episode. It's a little bit on the long side, like 40 minutes. And then next uh, Monday, we'll do a meditation related to the Akasha. Thanks. Welcome to Blue Lightning Healing Meditations. My name is Susie Parker Goins. I'm a channel, energy healer, guide, teacher. I upload weekly. I cover a variety of metaphysical topics, exploring self-growth and how it can help you on your path. And I'll include a relevant meditation experience. You can find me on the web at bluelightninghealing.com or email me at suzy at bluelightninghealing.com. That's S-U-S-Y at bluelightninghealing.com. Please like, comment, subscribe, favorite, donate to my Ko-Fi account, share with your friends, share the love. Thank you. Welcome to Blue Lightning Healing Meditations. My name is Susie Parker Goins. I'm a channel, a healer, a guide. You know, I'm totally brain cramping about what I was going to say. But thank you for showing up. Today, I am so thrilled to have my colleague and now dear friend, Shay Noor, here with me. One of the benefits of this pandemic has been that I've been working far more online than before. And if it had not been for these online events, I would not have met Shay Noor. She's on the right side of the continent. I'm on the left side of the continent. (laughs) So I sure wouldn't be driving out there, but now I get to meet her, and and I'm so thrilled. Shinur, tell me, please, more about yourself and what you do and all those wonderful details.
1: Thank you, and I should mention that not only are we on different sides of the continent, we are in different countries. (gasps) Oh, that's right. We're international now, flipping my hair. Isn't it exciting? Yeah. (laughs) I would flip my hair, too, however I've tied it up. (laughs) (laughs) I will begin about me by asking you a question. Do you know people who feel hijacked by fear and are unable to move forward with their lives? They may feel hopeless, that their weight is against them and that they have no reason to get out of bed. Through my packages, I help people feel safe, focused and manage their weight so that they can move forward without fear, with hope and a sense of purpose. After her sessions with me, a client of mine, JJ, sent me a message that said, Shainu has a real gift for caring and for coaching a person towards positive and compassionate self-care. She's taught me so much about taking good care of myself, being patient and gentle with myself, and the result is that I naturally want to live healthier. Her coaching for weight loss is not about deprivation and misery, she teaches us to embrace life, be patient and transform our relationship with food and transform our health. She really has a talent for teaching skills for positive transformation and I'm extremely lucky to have found someone like her to direct and support me. So do you know people who feel hijacked by fear?
0: I get a feeling from you of such joy and even it just, you know, through these, these video things, I see you there and then you show up on the screen and it just lights up and that makes me so happy. So I can see where you're able to convey that to your clients, but conscious weight
1: loss is not the only thing you do, right? No, I, I do hypnotherapy or hypnosis. And I do, I'm a nutritional consultant. I have a master's in holistic nutrition. And I also offer Akashic Record readings. And a lot of people will, will tell me that that's a very unusual combination. When I first trained to be a hypnotist, and I became a master hypnotist, I discovered that a lot of people came to me for weight, but they needed support with food as well. So I got my master's in holistic nutrition. And I became a nutritional consultant, and I offer a program called Hypno Nutrition, which combines the power of hypnosis with food intake. Oh, yeah. and Akashic records I discovered is a wonderful way for people who are a little skeptical about going into hypnosis. Oh, really?
0: Mm-hmm. I have used hypnosis; it's helped me through, you know, procedures and working through. I I use meditations because I'm not licensed per se or certified i use meditations to help with past life regressions mm-hmm. and i can see we're using it using hypnosis to help with weight loss or better nutrition and choices like that um and i just lost my you, you said that the akashic records helps them better so we'll, uh, with, with we'll, hypnotherapy
1: we'll digress a bit Guess with please. hypnosis you can work on anything you want to change So hypnosis allows you to change within your subconscious, anything in life. So whether it is physical, like eating, insomnia to stop smoking, you can also use it for emotional issues where you have baggage and stuff that we carry, trauma, things like that. And you can also use it for spiritual growth. So people will come to hypnosis for past life, regression. They will come for connecting with their guides. They will come to even read their own records through hypnosis. You can use that as well. With hypnosis, what you do is you, the client allows you to take them to a space where you enter the subconscious. The more relaxed they are, the deeper you can go with them. And once you go deep enough to the real place they need to be, you can release whatever they want changed. And a lot of people have a fear of hypnosis because of Hollywood and because of movies, and they have all these misperceptions. The thing with hypnosis is you make your own changes. And then when you come out of hypnosis, your subconscious has released what you came to change. Often someone will say, oh, well, it's not like anything happened, because now your subconscious is no longer holding on to what was there. I remember last year, I worked with a client who was having anger issues, and then I didn't hear back from her. Then all of a sudden, about 10 months later, I got an email from her saying, you know, when I first came to you, I thought I wasted my money. (laughs) Then when my father came to, when my parents came to visit, I discovered that I was a different person. And that's when I realized how much change there had been. And she came back with her family members because she felt that the change was there. That happens that way. With Akashic Records, it comes through me to you. And then you have to decide how much change you are going to make, if that makes sense to you.
0: It does. So first off, let's define the Akasha or the Akashic Records, because for me, what I see is like this great big library at Alexandria, for which I still haven't forgiven anybody for the burning up. That's the way I see it. But then when I actually pick up on people's past lives, I see a map. So I question whether I'm accessing the Akasha or if this is a mechanism that's specific to me. When you work with the Akashic Records, first off, tell me how you see them, how you define them, please.
1: Okay. I also discovered, like you, that I do not, and this was just accidentally talking to other people who do Akashic Record readings. And I discovered that the way that I my record information comes through is very unique to me. So I remember I'd gone to a fair where there was another hypnotist doing Akashic records. And he says, well, I go into the hall of records. I pick out the book. I open it. I read it. And I've i heard thought, that oh. too. And I thought, oh, because that never happens to me. With me, then it took me a while to figure out because I'm a different person. Then I had another one who, who's only used Akashic records for past lives. And for me, I felt that anyone who's going to pay to come to me, they have to walk away with something they can use now in their lives. So if I do a past life and they find out they were Queen Cleopatra, how does it help them now? Because I'm also that way with my hypnosis, I will not do a past life just for the fun of it. However, if a past life is impacting a present life, then it pops up. So the way it happens to me is that the guides just come once we connect through the recitation and that. They seem to sort of chatter to me. And they only open the parts of the book that are relevant to the here and now. And since it's a soul contract, it's, it's a journey, energetic record of everything about you, what you've been, where you've been, have you been, then I become the energetic translator. So they will only share what is important here and now, And they will only share what they believe you are comfortable with coming through me. Because we all have parts of life we don't always want to share. So they are very, very respectful when I'm doing it. And they never open a book for me to read. So I don't get to see everything about you, which is the way I am. I just want to know what it is now and where to take you and what direction they're giving. Often, I will not know whether you're married or you have kids or you have three mother-in-laws or five dogs. Because it's not relevant. However, if the relationship is, then I will say, "Well, there's something about a child. Is there something happening with a child? Do you have a son or daughter?" So it's not a reading which says, "Well, I see you have three sons and two daughters." Okay,
0: so the, so the,
1: that is the how they for me.
0: Uh-huh. Okay, so the Akasha is just is for you is information coming to you from guides,
1: from the from your guides, the guides okay. of the person okay. I'm working with.
0: So the whole book concept is just one way for one person to interpret it.
1: Yes. Okay. The way I see it is, it's energetic record, so it's like a computer. If we were using it today, we would talk about it as being a computer record, mm-hmm. and then me going into the major computer and clicking on the file that I need to sh- look at right now. Okay. I won't click on any other files as to your childhood or your past life unless. It has a connection to your life at this moment in time and space.
0: Okay. That makes really good sense. The whole cumbersome book and tome being set in front of you with everything that your yeah. personality has done through life, it just seems so cumbersome. And I have encountered clients who just plunk themselves in front of me and said, so tell me about my past lives. And I'm thinking, which ones? <laughs> and focusing on ones that have an impact and are relevant to your current life are the ones, mm-hmm. first off, it seems easier to me to access. and probably more useful information for a client, because then there are on occasion impacts from that past life, some energetic scarring or baggage you're carrying with that, that are affecting you in this life, whether it's in thought patterns or, you know, things that you do, things that you say that you can release.
1: Absolutely. And like you, I'm very, I've learned now to be very upfront with times. So if they're going to come to me for a reading, I tell them I don't do mediumship. I'm not going to be calling your loved ones or anyone who have passed over to come and talk to you unless they pop up with a message for you. And I don't do any of that stuff. So I say, if a past life shows up, that's great. But if you're going to waste money to know what you are in your past life, then I'm not the right person for you because I just don't do that. And I don't do mediumship and I don't do this connecting with the loved ones it's that's not my strength, and that is not why I do what I do. So I'm very upfront and I tell them, then I prefer that you go to someone else who does do that because there are people who do that really well. I
0: find that I have opened up to a lot of abilities. And in the reading we just had, my guides were saying, yeah, you need to hone it down a little bit. You need to bring it in. It's like, but it's so much fun. And yeah, I already (laughs) see the big guy over there in the corner with his hand on his face, his forehead just going, right. Okay. Let me know when you're done, honey.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And I think that that was my journey as well. How much of what do I include? I do a lot more than I told you. Because I'm a Reiki master, I do all sorts of stuff. However, I really had to do soul searching and think, what is it that benefits people the most in this day and age? And hypnosis, I've found very powerful. And nutrition, I find very powerful. And then when I discovered Akashic Records, it just blended so well with what I do. So I try not to go and do a lot of other stuff like I used to. I would go learn this and I would learn that and I would learn that. And and then after a while, like you were saying, everything is fun. However, how much of it is what I want to offer? When they come to you, you can say, oh, well, you know, I can add this to our session. It may help. So it's good to have all these tools in our belt, but we don't have to show the entire tool belt. Yeah, because that can get kind of heavy
0: to carry around saying, I do this, I do that. I've encountered some practitioners who say, yeah, I'm just kind of a Heinz 57. I'll do whatever we need yeah. to in a session. And yet they don't lay mm-hmm. it out. And And mm-hmm. I have had those sessions where I've come out from, from channeling and my client is looking at me like, I didn't know you could do that. <laughs> it was like, neither
1: did I. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, my yeah. response is cool. <laughs> that's very cool and i would say where did that come from
0: (laughs) yeah being able to actually say no this isn't something i choose to focus with like animal communication is one of those things i was on those panels and i'm sitting there going why i can't talk to my own dog right now (laughs) you want me to talk to fluffy i (laughs)
1: can't I, I don't think so.
0: <laughs> and the mediumship has been limited to my family members who have crossed over. I have made some very accurate hits with some people where they like, oh my God, that is her. And they start crying. But with my own dad, I had a lot of arguments yeah. with him after he crossed over. And, and I'm I think
1: we all have, I've had a lot of arguments with my guides. They're laughing at me, but oh, yes, yeah? I think you understand. It's like, hello, what is it that you want me to do? And why? I would say, really? Yeah.
0: Yeah. When I was first working with him, I'd hear something and I go, really? Really? I don't want to. Really? And, and of course, another face palm and they're just going, just, just do it. Okay. Once I was driving back, I had an hour drive and I kept hearing that I needed to stop at this shop that a friend of mine ran. And it was like, I don't want to. I'm so tired. And then suddenly they took the steering wheel. And they do know how to drive much better than I do, I must say. (laughs) And so they took my steering wheel and they they had me park there. And I walked in and it turns out there was a dear friend of mine in crisis. It's like, okay, okay, I'll listen.
1: I know it's like, call, call such and such, call such and such. And it's like, I am not calling anymore. I, I call them all the time. I'm not calling. And it doesn't go away until I call and they say, oh my God, I'm so happy you called. And you think oh okay thank you <laughs> yeah and and the guides all
0: sit over in the corner with their hands out like see we told you you said no but yeah i think it is really fascinating to see that spectrum of how the guides show up and what different forms they show up i talked to dragons and i talked to say mother mary or or intergalactics and stuff like this. And today you said there was a big guy just standing over there waiting for me and he wouldn't come into focus for you. And I just, I can feel his energy, but it also goes along with the idea I have that everything is connected. We're all energy and we're all universe and we're all divine and stuff like that. And we're just picking out a point like with past lives. Time is one great big wad of stuff and you're just picking out one instance in all of here. And, and it,
1: and I think that if we are having a hard time living and working in this life, why go into a past life just to say, oh, well, I was such and such in a past life? I, I do not know. It's just like I remember watching a show where they were going around telling people they were from stars or they were star people and they were doing DNA tests. And this person was having a miserable life on earth. And I'm thinking, how does it help him? He yeah. still has to wake up. He still has to be human. And he still has to function on earth. So unless that information is going to support him and make him live a better life, and that is that is my perception.
0: So in your hypnosis and doing past life regressions, have you focused on... Uh, obviously you're not going to focus on somebody saying, oh, here, tell me I was Marie Antoinette in her previous life because that's just a whole nother kettle of fish. But you have helped them to resolve current life issues. Do you feel like there is that sort of bleed through?
1: I've had, I know when I first started hypnosis, I was this young, very idealistic person. And, you know, what is past life? Like people are silly. What are they talking about? Well, the second client I worked on slipped into a past life. I had no idea what was going on. She flipped into a past life and she had the most incredible visual she could see visually. She could describe down to the buttons she was wearing. And she said, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And the beheaded her and I'm going, oh my God, oh my God, I have to help her, I help her. And by the time I, got myself, I got myself together to support her. She says, oh, well, it's over and done with. I've left that life. <laughs> so I, after that, I, I'm a lot more careful now when people flip back. So I don't, I just take them to the issue they're with and we ask and we, I ask, where does it come from? And usually that happens in the third or the fourth session because the first session I call the honeymoon session. We're just yeah. getting to know each other, right? Because normally when clients come, they don't always know me. right? And I don't know them. Even if they're people we know, we don't know how well we are going to work with each other. So the first session at the honeymoon, we are on our best behavior, and we may not go exactly where we need to go. And then by the second or the third session, I had a client, as soon as I opened my mouth, she'd be under, so I never had to (laughs) do anything. And then that is when that real work begins. It's where they flip. And uh, although I did have a client that came to me for stuttering, I'd never met this man He went into hypnosis instantly and resolved. And his stuttering came from about five lifetimes away. And when the session finished, no matter how hard he tried, he couldn't stutter. And he looks at me and he says, but I have saved money for you for five sessions. Can I still pay it to you? (laughs) And I said, no, I'm not doing five sessions. Your stuttering is over. So, (laughs) you know. That's amazing. But that happens occasionally because they are so ready. And because he was recommended by a very good friend of mine who he really enjoyed working with. That I think when he came to me, he was at that point where it was time. And other people come to me and they're not quite sure. So we need more sessions.
0: I like that flexibility. I I don't bind people to me. And it doesn't feel like you do that. Like I'm the only one who can fix you because No. no.
1: No, No. I think there are a lot of places where others are better at things than we are. And also I could be an excellent hypnotist. If you and I don't gel, no matter what I do, it's not going to help you. Then I prefer you pick a hypnotist that you are comfortable with, whether they are good at what they do or not. If you think of people who go to fairs and they go to readings where you know this person is straight, but they come away feeling so enlightened. Then I think, okay, you yelled you worked, and, you know, I would not go to her, but it worked for you, so. <laughs> yeah, I've I've had those experiences
0: where I would look at them like, really? Oh, okay, that's what you're saying. Okay, so maybe it'll pan out, but that's, I, I think that's important to understand that we don't always energetically resonate with everybody we encounter, and it's exactly. not. A deficiency in character by any means. It's just not at all. It just means, you know, even though we're spiritual, and I've just been rolling this through my head recently. It's like just because I'm spiritual doesn't mean that I get along with everybody or that Mm. everybody loves me and I love everybody because it's not just being human, it's also about that energetic resonance.
1: And it took me a long time to recognize now that I've had all this experience that perhaps they have a past life karma to clear with each other. and Maybe that's why they walk away feeling much better. Uh, so it's that- hard to tell. It's really hard to tell. I know at the MV Fair, I had uh, all these people come to me and then she says, I want a reading with you. And I told her, well, for the fair, I'm charging $60. i am not giving you $60. I don't know you. I don't. I've never met you. And I said, you know what? I tell you what. I went through a list and I said, here is someone whose room you will enjoy. And she says, how did you know I was thinking of that person? And what I understood, she loved being with that person. Good. And it's fair. I think it's fair that just because you're in my room doesn't mean I'm the only one. Right.
0: I've I've been at in-person fairs where somebody came up to me and I was like, no, I know exactly who you need to talk to. Exactly. And it's not I, always yeah, me.
1: No, I had uh, at, at one of the in-person fairs, I had a woman come and sit down and pay me. And she says, all right, so if my guides know me, tell, tell them to tell me blah, 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 blah. And I said, you know what? Please take your money back. She refused to go. <laughs> <laughs> I guess there are all kinds of people out there. Yeah,
0: there are. And it makes it interesting and entertaining and occasionally frustrating
1: and i think that our guides do that to us to teach us humility as well that's what i believe
0: okay that's yeah. not the word i would say but yes i agree with that
1: take. that's the only word i can think of is be humble woman
0: yeah okay you, never mind we're not going there okay, okay. <laughs> I'm trying to keep this family friend-like.
1: But, um, I will let you take us to where you would like
0: to go. Yes, I know. But they're saying language, my darling. It's like, yes, I get oh. it. So no, that's so fascinating. So with hypnosis, do you see that you focus more on the
1: hypnosis? I focus on whatever the client needs. Right now with COVID, I do a lot more Akashic records. People are still not convinced you can do hypnosis on on uh, on luck.
0: Okay, that's, I was going to ask that. Is is but it possible?
1: you can. Impossible? It's not that hard. You can be hypnotized by TV. You can be hypnotized by a phone call.
0: Yeah.
1: And we hypnotize ourselves all the time. It's like when you get in the car to drive, you get there and you have no idea how you got from point A to point B. It's like the car was driving itself. Yes. Right? Or you, you're watching a movie and it's so engrossing that you're completely lost in it. And you don't even know where you are until someone calls your name. And that's also a form of hypnosis, right? Or think of when you're watching a movie so closely and and something happens and we jump. (laughs) So that is a form of hypnosis. So we hypnotize ourselves all the time. And it can be done online.
0: Now that's what I want to do is get your definition of, it, of hypnosis or being in a state of being hypnotized. You've given me examples. It's like it's when you kind of phase out. Is Can you give me your official kind of definition of being in that state of
1: hypnosis? Yeah. So hypnosis, well, hypnosis is not deep sleep. Hypnosis is not meditation. Hypnosis is where your conscious mind sort of drifts to the back and your subconscious mind is now available. So you're talking to the subconscious mind, which is always listening, and you're helping you shift through it. So when someone hypnotizes it, you, they bore your conscious mind. They can't go anywhere. They just bore it and it says, oh my God, this woman is so boring, it drifts to the back. And as soon as you see the signs of that, you deepen the trance. Now, you only go as deep as you allow yourself, and you never totally lose connection. So you're always connected by the sound of my voice. And if I stop talking, you would bring yourself out of hypnosis and I'll give you a joke. When I first became a hypnotist, I had to find people to, of course, do my practice on before I, I got my certificate. So I rallied all my nieces and nephews. And, you know, I thank my sister for being so open about it. And so the younger niece comes and says, Shenubai, Shenubai, I just watched a movie. And you know what happened? I said, no, what happened? Well, the hypnotist was hypnotizing someone had a heart attack and died. And I said, okay. So what did the person do? She said, well, sort of the person got woke up came out of hypnosis, walked over the hypnotist and left. I said, I tell you what, sweetie, if I have a heart attack, please call 911 before you walk over my body and leave. (laughs) You are such a pragmatist. (laughs) So that's I think, and I love it because that shows that nobody ever gets stuck in hypnosis. A lot of people think, I had a client told me that her father was hypnotized for days. That doesn't happen because uh-huh. we automatically come out of it. We could be a little flighty, I guess, but you never get stuck anywhere because I think we are such brilliant beings in a lot of ways that our brain knows what to do. It will tap you on the shoulder and say, what's wrong? You, you run into things, you bump things, and that's our bodies. We are saying, ground yourself, right? Uh-huh. So you, can, you can never remain hypnotized.
0: There are times I have been in a meditation. There's one occurrence that happened in particular. I was part of a consciousness raising group. We were Uh going to that point of origin for each of our souls. And I sat there and I went along and then my head dropped back and I started snoring like your grandfather at Thanksgiving (laughs) or after a big meal. And, And so I'm just over there just. Inhaling all of the air. And then when we finished the meditation, I was in the kitchen with, with the other guy I was helping out. And he said, so, Susie, what was your point of origin? And I said, a point of light. And it stopped them. That is a pro tip. Everybody's a point of light to begin with. So this, this apparent falling asleep, is that part of the process? I have been told whether it's to soothe my ego or not. It's just my guides getting me so far out of the way so they can do the work.
1: It could be that, or Or, perhaps you were just not ready. And so it was your mind's way of protecting you. Okay. I had a, a woman who brought me her husband for weight loss. And he sat down, I hypnotized him. And the next thing I know, he's snoring. And every time I used the word wait, he snored louder. (laughs) So it wasn't quite where he was ready, but after the wife did tell me that there was some changes. So, but there were not as much as there would have been or as many as there would have been if he was fully ready okay. So there are two. One is your mind allowing you to get out of your way or two, it is protecting you because you are not where you should be to receive whatever is coming through. That makes sense. Could be either one. Okay. And I knew because I knew he was avoiding it because every time something to do with weight or food came up, (laughs) I kid you not, the snoring got louder. And I thought, okay.
0: (laughs) How did you get to this point? Okay. What brought
1: you I, to- I, I told you a little bit about how I was a completely science person and yes. I got my Bachelor of Science in Biochemistry. I became a medical lab technologist. I worked in the lab. My initial goal as a child was to be a gynecologist because no matter what happened in the world, people would always have babies, right? <laughs> but by the time we moved to Canada, I was very young, but by the time I went to university, and I looked at all these people applying for medicine and what they were going through and the stress and the terror. And I thought, oh, nope. <laughs> so I went into medical lab technology instead. And I'm kind of a person. So I reached the stage and I thought, now what do I do? I'm bored. So then my family said, oh, she knows, you know, you're a very good teacher. So I went, I didn't want to be a public school teacher. So I became a Montessori teacher because it's more in tune with my yeah. personality. And so I loved being a Montessori teacher. So when I would a Montessori teacher, I was working in Ottawa. And when I was working there, I met other teachers that were very much into this part of life, very much into holistic healing and everything, except there were teachers who did this dandelion diet and all that, and they'd look so pale for days <laughs> on end, and they would be so grouchy. And I thought, I'm not doing that. During that period, there was a period of time when I would get sick instantly. I would go to bed well. I would wake up with a full-grown infection. I had no voice. I would have an infected throat. And I was also traveling down to Africa at that time for my holidays. So one of the holidays, I came back and the doctor looked at me and she said, Shino, I don't know what else to do for you. I'm going to give you the mother of all antibiotics because I don't know what to do. Well, she didn't take into account that I was taking malarial pills. And all of a sudden, I woke up with the severe heart palpitations. Oh. I, when I went back to the office, she had a substitute there because she wasn't there. She's the one who discovered the connection. And then I thought, I can't go on like this. So this, the, the other teachers at school used to bring these magazines at that time where they advertised holistic things. And there was a woman who advertised a course where if you went, you learned how to do, um, oh my God, the word went flying out of my head when you do testing, kinesiology. Apply kinesiology, kinesiology. yeah. Yes, muscle testing. And I thought, okay, I will only go listen to something that I know I have control over. So when I went to the course, the people who were there were just talking on and on about how wonderful this woman was. I went to her. And she put me on herbal pills and cleanses. And, and then I'd be walking down the school corridor and someone would stop and say, "Shino, what are you doing? You look so good. After the third person said that, I looked at them and said, well, what did I look like before? You know? <laughs> However, so that sort of slowly brought me into this. And then you know how it is, one thing leads to another and another. And I met someone and she said, oh, you have a perfect voice to be a hypnotist. And I remember telling my father this, and he looked at me and he said, someone will pay you for that? <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people relate with this. So that's oh, how yeah. I into all this. So, the yeah, long the long story. story.
0: No, Montessori is is one of the programs we teach at the school my kids have been going to for the past 15, 16 years. So yeah. it's 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 a lovely holistic approach to teaching and and to learning and the giving the children that control.
1: Yeah, and I've taught all the way from six year olds to 15 year olds. Oh. And that's how I ended up with the book because when I was teaching in Tokyo, we couldn't find very many self-help books for kids. So we wrote of our own.
0: And so the name of that book.
1: Is? looking uh, looking in being an expat twin expat as an
0: expatriate
1: yes okay. and what mm-hmm. I discovered is I was mentoring a teacher here in Brampton and even though the kids were not expats they all ordered my book and we read it together in class and they loved the exercises so I discovered you don't have to be an expat kid because it's got all sorts of things you do to find out who you are
0: that's lovely I'll have a link for that in the description box and your and your website link.
1: What I else? know you were fascinated by the Akashic records. Yes, I am.
0: And you've explained it all so well. So I'm trying to figure out what else I would want to know. <laughs> what are oh see now I'm gonna be sneaky? It's like what do the guides have for us to know about the Akashic? Is we can access them on our own, right?
1: Absolutely. People who are very in tune with themselves through meditation that can do it. And I know a lot of yogis and, and, and people who are very, very connected to the spirit uh-huh. may not be able to access the complete records, but enough to guide them. Okay, because seeing all of the
0: things though would be rather overwhelming, wouldn't it?
1: It would be, and it would be redundant because what would you need it for? It's like opening every single computer file and then your mind will say, woman, <laughs> get a life.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I remember when I started channeling or the first channel I met, I asked her, okay, so was J. Harvey Oswald the only person involved in the, in the Kennedy assassination? And, and she's like, oh, please. She just ignored it. You're not even going to tell me about how the dinosaurs died? She's like, please. Post-production Susie here. I know it's Lee Harvey Oswald. Sorry. <laughs> You know, so I understand how there's, yeah, yeah, the big guys over there saying, "You don't have to know that stuff. What good is it?" Exactly. So the akashic. And who would believe you? <laughs> oh, it, I, I, wouldn't like go racing out because then I would have to say, "Oh, well, this big guy who sits there and he's kind of all fuzzy looking to me. He told me this and he told me that. He says he knows." And, has and really- Susie, you
1: know what that would get you a ticket too, right? <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, it would. And, and the guide would just shut down on me and just, nope, you, you abused it. So I, I understand that. But um. yep. And so he said, we're going to go and take a different path, but I'm not telling you where it is. But so using the, the Akasha for personal growth, mm-hmm. that's the information that's most relevant to you. And so you said meditation. And we can have a reader do it.
1: You can also learn to do your own. I do train people how to read their own Akashic records. You know, if I have five people, I will hold a class and I train them. That's how I learned. I attended a class and it was at a hypnosis conference. And I was looking at what they were offering and I thought, ah. And then this, I saw this and I thought, oh. So I went in it and I learned how to read my own records and I was so impressed that I went back and got trained to do, to be able to read for other people.
0: So the benefits of reading the Akasha is similar to, well, say, doing hypnosis and looking in and seeing your Mm -hmm. own experiences. So we've talked specifically about how we can bring forward the the causes or the origins of the the things that are the thought patterns Mm -hmm. or behaviors. Are there any other benefits?
1: Yes, because you learn to see whether you are on your path, whether the purpose that you chose for your life is actually being followed through. If you reared off the path. The thing most people have to remember is if you ask the guides, whether it's through Akashic Records or cards, however, if you ask them for guidance, then you can't ignore it. Uh, that is something I think you we realize without knowing it. I had a client who was adamant about, about coming to me for reading, and then she wanted to learn how to do her own readings. So I did a reading for her, and there were some things they told her she should absolutely not do. And when she came to learn her own records, she was told again not to do those things, but I know she didn't listen to it. Uh Then I believe what happens is they just stop talking to you. Yeah. I I can understand that.
0: I I, I do see that guides don't have that sense of ego of like, oh, well, if you're not going to listen to me, I'm going to just take my toys and go play someplace else.
1: Imagine you have to go somewhere. Let's say you're you're a teenager and you find out that the boy you like, is going to be at the store. So think how you dress up and you go running to the store and the boy isn't there. A few days later, you're told for sure he's there. So you do the same thing. Well, by the third or the fourth time, you're going to go in your pajamas because you don't you don't believe it's going to be there. So that is what happens. It's not that they have egos and they don't care. They just don't know how to talk to you until you come back and say, "I'm ready." Yeah, because yeah. they can't they can't hit you on the head anymore than they already did.
0: Yeah, there I I find it goes the other way. It's like they get subtle and then they get louder and
1: louder. You know, to However, where they you me. have to listen to it. By the time she came to me, they were very adamant that she was not to do this. They can't get any louder than that. And then right. I lost context. I have no idea what happened to her.
0: Yeah, there is still free will. And it's then exactly. what I find, if you're not going to do it, don't complain about the results because- Exactly, you know exactly. So is there a, it feels to me, there's a balance one needs to strike between listening to the guides and doing what you want Just being able, just saying, oh, well, my guides told me to do it and completely eschewing any responsibility for what you do is one extreme. And then just saying, I'm only going to do it my way is that other extreme. so finding that balance.
1: When I do Akashic records, the guides will always give you possibilities. So they will say that, you know, try this or try that or try that. This may not be the best way. However, they always give choices. And all the readings I've done, and I think I've done hundreds of readings, I've only had two people who were told not to do or to do something. One was this client I was telling you about, and one was another person. The other person listened, and they had a very specific path that they had already chosen. So they were just reminding the soul that much as we would love to give you choices, this is what you have chosen for this life.
0: We've talked a lot about how we can access past lives. Can you access future lives? Maybe not necessarily Uh, the specific future path on in this life, because quantum mechanics and physics is—you know—you turn left, things happen that way, and turn right, then it's something different.
1: So, as far as as I have experienced it, no, because the future life is going to depend on what you do with this life. Oh, so where you go from here is going to depend on how much of your purpose you completed. And what is left to be done or needs to be undone. If you've completed everything, then you have a choice of coming back or not. Right? That is my understanding. And I also train to sense. do something called life between life hypnosis. Mm-hmm. And that's the same thing where you go into your soul group and you figure out whether you've lived the life you were meant to live. If you did, then you have a choice. If you didn't, then you still have to complete something.
0: I have looked into Life Between Lives. I think it was Michael Johnson? Michael Newton. Newton. It's close. Some of the same letters in there. Yeah, <laughs> Brian Weiss was a very, he, he was really influential in, in how I determined my mm. perspective. So was Edgar Casey. Um, yes.
1: Where I got trained for Life Between life was at the Ed, Edgar Casey Center in the States. The one in like Virginia Beach? I think so. Oh, I flew there, and the, wow. the person who trained us actually got trained by Michael Newton,
0: and oh, he trained
1: us cool. to do it. Yeah. How
0: cool, because I, I feel like I'm a dabbler in that sort of thing. You know, we talk about, and, and, and I talk to clients about, here's your soul family, and some come in, some come out, some are there all the time, and you play I'm with different for... of of experiences. Let's see. Can you think of anything else we, you want me to cover?
1: No, I think we've pretty well covered everything. I think so, because we've got your hypnosis,
0: the weight loss, the technique, and and then the Akasha.
1: And of course, if anyone wants to know more, all they have to do is just contact me. and I offer a a complimentary 30-minute consultation or discovery session where if they want to learn or figure out if we are going to work together or not, and then they can get more information that way.
0: Cool. And and let's see, we can find you, Shane Noor, at 2B, at number two, letter B, hypnosis.com. I'll make sure I put that link in the whatever. No,
1: that's correct. They can email me at freedom at 2B
0: I am so thrilled we had this conversation, Shay Noor. I know so much more Thank about you me. and the joy in what you do. I just am so, so happy so happy we did this. Um, Oh,
1: I am so excited. I was so honored when you asked me. I was glad you said yes. (laughs) I'm open to to adventures. (laughs) Excellent. Okay. Well, thank
0: you. So um, yeah, this has been Susie Parker Goins of Blue Lightning Healing at bluelightninghealing.com. Meditation's going to go up and we'll see what the big guy guide is gonna ask me to do. And again, Shaynur, let's let's have your contact information.
1: It's 2B Hypnosis, the number two, the letter B hypnosis, H Y P N O S I S dot com or freedom at 2B is my email. And uh, or Shaynur, S-A-I-N-O-O-R, Premji, P-R-E-M-J-I. You can Google that as well. Yay. Well, thank you so
0: much, Shaynur. I look forward to seeing you again. It's going to be like old friends. I know we have an open invitation to come visit you. Just, you know, that morning we'll all be sitting at the table with a coffee and you'll walk in going, what? Okay. (laughs) That's okay. I'll just (laughs) have make sure I have a frame around my head. So, you know, it's like, this is as much as you see of me. So
1: I'll have that. And imagine when we see each other in person. (sighs) I'm laughing. I tell everyone with covid, my pant buttons are practicing social distancing. I gave up wearing pants with buttons.
0: I, I know. The this for the
1: whole year. We sit yeah. down with, with track pants. <laughs> Thank you so much. This is so great. Thank you. Many. Thank you so, Sophie.
0: I'm going to stop recording now. <laughs> if I can find it. Oh, there it is. Oh, to close out until next time. Blessings.